1: action fanatics welcome to another edition of the bulletproof podcast i'm your host chris the brain and this podcast is brought to you today by omni consumer products ocp for those in the know and if you're in the know, you also know that my co-host is here, Chad Cruz. That's me. I'm always here. You
2: can't get away from me.
1: Absolutely cannot. And joining us in the guest chair, TikTok superstar himself, Ryan Campbell. Ryan, welcome back to the show.
3: Oh, happy to be here. Head on over to TikTok and follow me for some observational
1: videos. Yeah, the, the it's insane. What was that, 35,000?
3: drone. Yeah, I mean, no. Well, that was the one I did about uh, Lego changing the name of Boba Fett's ship. Uh, got like thirty six thousand views, but I've quickly gone back down to my average of about three hundred per video. But
2: insane! It was an exciting like twenty four hours. <laughs> That's awesome. So you need to stick with the what Lego or Star Wars? What's or, the
1: or just the controversial. controversial yeah, well, I, I think it's matters. just yeah
2: hot takes. Just stick hot with takes. hot takes, okay.
1: I guess. All right. Well, you know, I hope we have 35,000 people who visit bulletproofaction.com this month, Chad, because it's not just any month, Chad, it's Action actionversary month. We are hitting our seven year anniversary later yes. in August. We've been talking about it the past few shows, but here we are, we're in August and I'm yeah. excited.
2: Yeah, it's here. And uh, you know, we've been planning, and by we, I mean you have been planning this <laughs> month out for quite some time and, and, while it may not seem like a big deal to to some people or to anyone other than us, right. uh, yeah, I mean, making it seven years, we we never thought we would keep this up for this long. And, you know, it took us a while to kind of, I don't know, branch out and do other things like this podcast. But once we did, uh, we were like, well, let's give it two or three months and we'll probably quit that as well. But here we are on episode 40 something, I think. I believe it's 46. 46. And uh, I mean, we're still going pretty strong. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, this month, especially, but also another year with you, Brain.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're the one who wrote me into this thing seven years ago and here we still are doing it. Um, yeah, please,
3: please visit this month um, because I think me and Chad are both concerned for Brain's well-being if this doesn't go well. He's, 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 <laughs> he's,
2: he's put a lot of eggs in his basket. <laughs> we, he needs it bad.
1: yeah i really do i mean i'm excited i mean this is going to be the most action-packed month of the year it's my favorite month of the year as far as the website is concerned because again it's a milestone i mean how many websites have come and gone probably just since we've been around and right same with podcasts i mean you know they come and go all the time
3: i think the uh, average is somewhere around between like 13 and 22 it's like something like a a, you know podcast episodes on average so you know most people quit by that point. It's either taken off or they've just given up. So
2: from the time to you guys we, for, thank you from the, from the time we started this website until now there have been, um, I, I looked it up actually. There've been over 255,000 Marvel movies. So, Oh yeah. That's pretty big.
1: Yeah. And I have covered at least half of them, I think. Yeah, well, Ryan yeah. has. Ryan it. has I, yeah. I have.
3: Yeah. Well, I, just in the past year now, I mean, we're we're getting screeners for movies. Brain's getting his yeah. quotes put on DVD boxes. I mean, that's oh, just yeah. pretty
1: cool stuff.
2: Yeah, uh, I got yeah. a haircut. Um, there you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, business is picking up all over the place. <laughs> so yeah, BulletproofAction.com. Definitely, always encourage you to check things out over there. A lot of uh, big things planned for August. I know. Are we're gonna wrap up august with a a big day and we'll talk more about that on our next show um, but before we get into our discussion today about robocop we're going to take a time out and hear from the pod father himself of the geekscape network with this important message on how you can become an action hero
0: hi geekscapists the geekscape pod father jonathan here in may we lost one of our own Longtime Geekscape is Christopher Ellis, who was a friend and a part of our geek community from the very beginning. Chris even met his wife Sarah through our podcast, and their 2015 wedding seemed like a giant Geekscape party. Chris's final weeks battling in the hospital shed light on a huge national problem. The COVID pandemic has almost completely depleted our national and local blood banks. These supplies are used by thousands of hospitals to provide life-saving treatments to patients or to buy enough time for loved ones just to say goodbye. So for the next month and beyond, we're going to do it big in Chris's memory and do some good in the process. We're throwing a blood drive. Visit www.aabb.org to find a donation center near you or visit other blood and platelet donation centers like the Red Cross. And let's make things interesting. For the next month, take a selfie of yourself donating with the hashtag GeekscapeGives and tag your favorite Geekscape podcast. We'll pick some charitable Geekscapists to send prizes to and the podcast that gets mentioned the most We'll also get some cool rewards. I should actually cancel the podcast that gets mentioned the least. Can I do that? Whatever. The point is go out there and donate some blood, tag a selfie of yourself doing it with the hashtag GeekscapeGives, and get others to do the same. We couldn't save our friend Chris, but we can do a whole lot of good in his name. Geekscape Forever!
1: All right, we are back chris the brain chad cruz ryan campbell and this time out it's actionversary we needed a big start to this celebration and what a way to start because we're talking about robocop
2: chad right. cruz. It, 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 it's one of those films that that really isn't missing anything. It, it, you know, and we're, we're going to get into it at in, in a much deeper level as we talk. But uh, everything we talk about today, uh, you know, we're biased. We love it. We, uh, we grew up with it. You and I especially, or you especially, and then me probably. I saw it a little bit later, uh, a couple years afterwards, and then Ryan after that, um, just based on our ages. But. It's uh, it's one of those films that gets everything right, you know, from the from the music and the score to the actors involved, to the storyline, the directing, and the absolute amount of violence. It's so cool, and it's kind of like uh, I don't know. It's got like that perfect uh, amalgamation of like sci-fi, violence, action, and they even made toys for little kids from it somehow. I I think, I think that was my, my favorite
3: part about it is, and and it's just this weird thing about uh, Paul Verhoeven specifically with Starship Troopers and other things is he, he finds this weird middle ground of like camp and marketability, but also like some sort of like social statement, but not super heavy handed, but also heavy handed. And then also it's like, like there's toys for these thing, where there's extreme violence. It's just, I don't know how he is able to just thread the all these different needles, but uh, he does it perfectly in RoboCop. And I, and I remember growing up with the toys and everything almost before seeing the movie later. Uh, and even going back and watching it now, it's just, it cracks me up when you think about how marketable this movie was.
1: Yeah. A 13 year old CTB saw this in the theater. Which, uh, and when every time I look back at it, I'm like, the, I probably should not have been watching this movie in the theater. But I did. I saw it. And it was right around July 17th, 1987, when RoboCop was first released. And uh, let's get into it. First thing we see is a media break with uh, Casey Wong and Jess Parker. We get a little artificial heart commercial. And then we got news chat on OCP. Again, the sponsor of today's show taking over the Detroit PD, and we get a, a soundbite from uh, Dick Jones, played by the one and only Ronnie Cox. And uh, we, you know, we're we're getting introduced to kind of the the feel for this film and one of the main characters right off the bat.
2: Yeah, there's there's so much going on in the first five minutes, even though you, you feel like, oh, it's kind of weird. It's starting with these fake commercials and and and, and media breaks and stuff like that. It seems strange for a film to do that, but we're getting a lot of information. You know, OCP's taking over the uh, Detroit PD. Uh, what does that mean? It means the city is privatizing law enforcement. And what do private companies do? They try to make that money.
1: Oh
3: and yeah.
2: Usually, that's not a good sign for the citizens. So, uh, I mean, all of these things, like if you just kind of think about it a little bit, um, they're all there in these first couple scenes. But like I said, we got the soundbite from Dick Jones and you could just see that he is a marmy like you cannot trust this man for anything. He
1: he is the personification of corporate America for sure. And also Ryan, we get uh, a a new story on on a cop shooting and the main suspect Clarence Bodicker. That's
3: right. Uh old Red himself
1: uh come back in in a
3: very different uh Environment than we're gonna than most people of the '90s and sitcom fans will recognize him as, but but yeah, he's uh he's kind of I guess not necessarily our big bad, but who we're gonna be following for the most part of the movie in regards to big bad.
1: Yeah, he he's definitely the uh, you know one of the straws that stir the drink in this film. Kurtwood Smith, again as you alluded to, uh, part of that '70s show is where a lot of people know him, but he was in RoboCop first, also Rambo three. Chad, mm-hmm. if, yep. if I recall. Yes. Um, and now it's time to meet our hero. And as you said, Chad, OCP is taking over the police. They're doing their thing. And another thing corporations like to do is shuffle the deck from time to time. Yeah. And they have transferred Officer Alex Murphy, played by the great Peter Weller, uh, to a much rougher district than he's been on. And we find out there was a, a, some they, they put some thought into this because He was a prime candidate for a program that he'll find himself involved in a little bit later on. Uh, but we also meet Murphy's partner and Lewis, Chad.
2: Yeah. And, and Murphy coming from, um, more well-to-do area and going into a a part of the city that is, uh, the opposite, you know, full of crime and, and poverty and just, it's, uh, not a great place to live, I guess. Um, He's he's already kind of he's not getting hazed by the guys, but they're already kind of giving him give him you know, the shit as he's walking in. You know what I mean? Like, oh, who's this new puke? You know, kind of thing. And, uh, and then he finally meets Ann Lewis played by Nancy Allen. Um, and they're paired up and you kind of already get that cool chemistry between the two of them, because it's not like Murphy is new to the job. You know what I mean? He's right. not he's not like this newbie rookie first day on the job. Like he's a guy who's he's been a cop. He has a family. He's a mature dude. He's not a 19 year old police officer coming out to the streets for the first time, all gung ho. So he knows his stuff already. So you already get the chemistry where he's, you know, he, he wants to drive already, you know, and they're making jokes back and forth. And there's already like this, I don't know if it's a a sexual thing going on between between the two of them, but I kind of always felt there was. He is happily married. I know, but there's like a his work wife yeah
3: work wife yeah i always thought it was more like a playful i mm, I don't know if i picked up on a
1: flirtation
2: i saw a little tension there
1: well yeah and you you bring it up because yeah i think the sergeant was like basically you you have to work for a living down here murphy you know yeah you're not on easy street like you were before so yeah that goes about it and yeah so everyone,
3: everyone in general seems oddly like somewhat relaxed i mean they're on edge obviously because ocp is taking over but also they say in that news report with Boddicker, i, I, I don't know the exact number i this, but i think it was around like 27 cop killings he's responsible for <laughs> like, i would imagine that people would be a little bit more on edge or or uh right you know somber but everyone's running around in co-ed uh showers
2: playing grab ass <laughs> and everything like that but i will say that you know a, a job like that a job that's uh you're, you're on edge all the time while you're at work you, you, there's there's plenty of things that you do that maybe you shouldn't do that you're you're kind of trying to take the edge off as much as you can and a lot of that is it comes with the humor the camaraderie and then uh the, the way that they don't accept him right away seem to me to be pretty realistic you know from my experience
1: All right. Then we cut to OCP headquarters um, where a big presentation is about to happen. So all the big wigs are getting called to the conference room. Uh, We learn that there's a rivalry between Dick Jones, who we met earlier uh, played again by Ronnie Cox and Bob Morton played by the late Miguel Ferrer. Um, So these guys are kind of button heads. uh, Morton is kind of the guy on the rise where obviously Dick Jones is, he's like second in command. Um, There's, really only one more step for him to go to and that that's the spot that belongs to a character that was simply known as the old man we never get an actual name of him uh played by dan O'Hurley. Um and the old man his big dream for detroit is to basically level it and build delta city so that's kind of where everything ocp that's that's the end end game for them is to get to delta city um, but you know there's a problem. They got to clean up the city first. and Dick Jones, uh, the man who his motto is good business is where you find it, is about to introduce uh, his invention or his project Chad. and it is a disaster.
2: Yes, before we ever get to any Robocopping, uh, we, we see uh, the straight Robo-cop or the straight robot uh, enforcement officer, which is the ED209. Uh, he has brought into this conference room full of all these big wigs and, and rich uh, Richie Riches and Dick Jones is, is trying to show him off in a way that's like impressive like hey pretend you're holding me hostage with this gun and they instantly find out that this thing has some kinks in it and by kinks I mean it unloads like 300 bullets in this dude. Yeah,
3: first they bring it into a conference room with live rounds. There's, yes. no,
2: there's no kill switch. That makes sense. Well, there's like the little scientist in the back with the, the uh, portable Game Boy system that's in the briefcase or whatever that never works, of course. Uh, and this thing yeah. just gets lit up right in front of everybody. It also had joysticks on
3: the control panel, but you know, for all we could tell that they, it never was actually able to be
2: controlled through those joysticks. Yeah, that was good. Somebody, somebody call a medic! Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah, favorite I think we, line.
1: We were beyond medic right there. Uh, yeah.
3: Also, the guy does like the best uh, get out of the room running, where he just kind of like paces around. Right. Immediately starts running into people, and yeah, then just, just like shut oh, him. <laughs> I'd be across that table, out that door so fast. All I have to do is go down some stairs. Ed two hundred nine ain't gonna be able to get after you. <laughs>
1: which we will find out later. But yeah, I mean, I always look at this scene, you know, I definitely looked at it differently when I first saw it. And then later in my adult life, when I think about how many stupid meetings I've been involved in, in, in work, and I wish I think, Ed 209 would just come in here. Well, yeah, either that, or you think, you know, as bad as this meeting is, at least Ed 209 didn't show up and kill me. So <laughs> right. it depends on, yeah, you can look at it many different ways,
2: but uh, this is like the perfect, this, uh, this this would, pop the uh, stock price for Zoom, you know, because people would instantly want to be on Zoom calls again. There you go. I do think it, it serves its best purpose, though, and that is just to show how
3: cold and, and how human lives really don't matter at all to these these people. I mean, you've got yes. the old man, the, the head of the company who puts his head in his hands, and his concern <laughs> isn't that human life was just brutally shot full of holes in his boardroom in front of everybody. It's that, you know, there's going to be damages. This is going to cost them to pay settlements. And and the whole thing just shows how, how ruthless, how human lives, you know, mean nothing to these people. And and it, and it gets that apart pretty quick and we can get right back into the rest of the movie because we've established how just cold and ruthless these guys are.
1: Well, yeah. And a little ruthless aggression is shown uh, by Bob Morton because he sweep swoops right in there. And he's like, hey, Ed 209 nine's a failure. But what about my RoboCop program? Yeah. And uh, old, the old man, you're like, oh, wait, up, what are you talking about? You know, this is first he's heard of it. Dick Jones tries to stop it. But the old man is now he wants to hear it. He's going to have it, a presentation in 20 minutes in his office. Um, so a big win there for Bob Morton. Or is it? We will find out. <laughs>
3: Plus some awesome uh, moments from my—I think might be my my favorite character in the whole movie—and that's Johnson, played by Felton Perry. Uh, He makes some weird facial expressions and just never has the right emotional response to what's going on around (laughs) him. Uh, It even carries into the sequels, but he's just such a weird character. But their reaction as they're quickly gathering for their Um, meeting—you know—and again, these guys also don't care about the life that was just lost.
1: And then we cut back to uh, Murphy and Lewis and we get to see Murphy do a little TJ laser gun trick, Chad. And uh, yeah, you know, he does it for his son or so he yeah. says.
2: Yeah. He learned it. You know, his, his son watches the TJ laser uh, television program and, you know, cool little kind of space gun and he's trolling in, in his holster and it looks badass. So he learned it so it can impress his son. Uh, but it also looks very cool for him as well. It, it's the importance of the scene between, you know, Murphy and Lewis kind of getting to know each other a little bit. Um, and they always do that in these cop movies where they're always like at a food truck or something. You notice that like point breaks the one I always think of first off and then like Lethal weapon had them and all these movies, these guys always eat at food trucks because they're always kind of moving around in their in the cruiser all day. So we get like this brief scene where Lewis learns about his family and he's a devoted dad and all this stuff all by just showing him do a cool gun trick. So yeah. I, I love it.
1: And then that gets interrupted because there's a call uh, about a robbery. Um, and we get our first big action piece here, Ryan.
3: That's right. Clarence is, uh, we finally see him in some action as him and his crew uh, are laying waste to some people. And uh, that no regard, I, I guess as we find out later that there's a, there's a very good reason that they have very little concern for police uh, interruption, but um, yeah, they, uh, they're, they're putting it to, uh, the, the OCPD.
1: Yeah. And and I think here, like if we, you talked about the, the death numbers associated with Clarence Boddiger, if that wasn't enough to tell you, he's a bad guy when his boy, Bobby screws up, you know, <laughs> he blew blows the safe. So then all the money inside is singed, basically useless to them. And he then sacrifices Bobby and throws, as his guys throw him out onto uh, Lewis and Murphy's windshield as they're in pursuit. I mean, I think that pretty much, if you did not already know that Clarence Boddicker was an evil, horrible, despicable human being at that's the moment, Chad, I think would, would cement it for you.
2: Yeah. But it also a very cool scene, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> you want I mean your bad that. guys to be as bad as possible. So this worked really and it, well. And it's always funny going
3: back and watching these films. Cause you don't know, it's sometimes hard to treat you guys are probably better because you've seen way more action movies than I, than I have and, and stuff, but it's always funny to know like, okay, is this a trope or did they start the trope? But the yeah. idea of you really know a bad guy is a bad guy when he ruthlessly takes out a member of his own team early. Uh, you know, it's like, was it a huge thing before RoboCop? I don't know if they actually started it, but now it's like a common thing. Like, okay, you have to see the main bad guy ruthlessly shoot one of his menlings for messing up very early on in the film and that just establishes how much of an asshole he is um but we we get it here
1: we certainly do and uh murphy and lewis are about to get it because they chase uh clarence and his crew down to the old steel mill and decide they they make a a poor bit of judgment here, Chad, in my opinion. Yeah. They go in without any back.
3: They make a few poor judgments one after another.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This one, especially this kind of starts the domino effect of poor decision making. And and I think, like you said, they, they follow them to this old steel mill, which always appears to be where these villains hide out, (laughs) but (laughs) they move in there with it without backup. There's just two short on them. Yeah, no doubt. Exactly. And not even in the near future. Um, but they move in without backup, and it's just two of them. And then they split up, which is also a bad decision. Um, and they're they're in radio communication, but you wouldn't know that by their lack of communication. <laughs> <laughs> they did. To be fair, they did just team up, so they don't have that 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 uh,
3: you know, finishing each other's sentences kind of camaraderie going right. on
1: yet. So yeah. So Ann Lewis, uh, she tracks down one of the guys who's just urinating randomly somewhere. Why not? Because, yeah, why not? When you got to go, you got to go. Exactly. So she kind of gets taken out because she's doing a little hog watching, (laughs) uh, which (laughs) eliminates her for a moment. Which
2: is a weird, it's a strange scene because he's like waiting for her. And you're like, there's no way she's going to look down. But she does.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's why. That's
2: why. I think my sexual tension thing was correct. Like there's, she's a, she's a little horn dog. <laughs> Perhaps you are right, Chad.
1: So she kind of just gets tossed. I think over like a rail, a fortune, yeah. there was a soft landing. So she didn't, uh, she didn't down, uh, perish, um, yeah. but she's obviously winded there. You got the wind knocked out of her. She did the Chris
2: Jericho this. bump off the cage. <laughs> there <laughs> there <you> go. Go.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hers didn't look near as fake. Um, so then we go to, uh, then we get uh, murphy who's now tracked down i believe it's a uh, Emil, um in one of his cohorts and they're watching tv and we get like two back-to-back classic uh robocop lines or at least lines that would go on to become classics yeah. so obviously there's the i'd buy that for a dollar from the guy on the tv on um, Emil's favorite show and then murphy hits the line dead or alive you're coming with me which will come into play as well but i mean back to back chad I, I don't know if a movie's ever had that situation where two uh just classic lines were that close together in a film
2: no i i would agree with you there and and paul verhoven is he is so good at uh building not just like the the film like the story and uh, character progressions but like the world that you wouldn't normally care about like I I normally don't give a shit about what they're watching on TV, but now I really want to see an episode (laughs) of that show because it's so bizarre. Um, I want to watch a full like newscast because they're so bizarre. Um, Like everything he puts in this movie, whether it seems random or not, it always kind of has a place and it. And I think that place is like, it, it makes you want more of what he's doing. So he
3: just does a great job of building these worlds. And I keep kind of relating things to starship troopers because that's kind of my introduction to a lot of his tropes. And then coming back and watching Robocop later um, and seeing kind of the early stages of that, but it's the same thing there. I could sit and watch these weird propaganda reels, you know, (laughs) over and over again, just because this, this universe he's created this world that kind of looks like ours, but is just, you know, Off the walls, weird, and and and
1: I want to see more of it.
3: Yeah, they're all. Of course, they're all spewing exposition at me, but that's cool. I'm I'm fine with that.
1: (laughs) And I wanted to to bring up something about the media break thing because you know the way he presents it, he's kind of got it right, but he's got it way wrong as well. Because the media break is like they're just spitting out this news in like two minutes. Like I mean, there's a point where the president, a former president, is killed. Yeah. And they they just like, former president's dead. Move (laughs) on. We know in today's actual world that that's 24 hour. We would know every minute. But so, why it's not right for TV, it is perfect for social media where people just read a headline and then have to. The 58 comments even though they have not read the entire story or they just assume whatever you put on there is the actual news so I mean again, there's a
3: lot in his films that he's nailed and even here with both the the kind of militarization of police uh, you know with police now having tanks and, and all kinds of things ex-military uh, corporate involvement Amazon and getting involved in all these things and right it, it's it's he's it, it when you go back and watch it it seems just out there and, and crazy but even down to the i guess the fall of detroit he's nailed a lot of these things yeah.
2: well he's yeah, right. got this is you know pre 24-hour news cycle as well so you kind of just blah, like spew it all out in your two-hour news program and hope that people are watching you don't have you know cnn and and, and Fox News or whatever CNBC just running constantly where they have to come up with new content. And by new content, I mean, talk about the same old crap.
1: Yeah. Rehash it 50 different ways yeah. and uh, 20,000 different talking heads. Right. All right. But let's, let's get into it because this is the the scene that may be one of the most memorable scenes and definitely one of the scenes I'm like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have been watching this <laughs> as a 13 year old. <laughs>
2: especially when you're like eight watching it. Too. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, just the massacre. Of, yeah. of of alex murphy and i mean this is brutal um some of this had to be cut to get the r rating <laughs> um and so yeah it was it, it, you know i've since seen the the uh, uncut version but you know at this, that point you're pretty desensitized to the whole thing anyway right, right. um but uh, yeah i mean this is just a, definitely one of the most uh, memorable death scenes in, in movie history, I would say, Chad.
2: Yeah. I would agree with you again, because it's, we've already established that he is going to be our main character. You know, his, his name's at the, at the front of the, uh, of the box of the VHS, you know, he's, he's the man, Peter Weller, and he's got such a great face, right? His head is just like, he's got such good lines on his jaw and stuff. You're like, Oh man, yeah. I can't wait till he puts that mask on, <laughs> yeah. but he, uh, he perfect casting. Cause he's likable, you know, like you said, we've we haven't had spent much time with him at this point, but we've spent enough to know that we like him as a character because he's you know, he's doing these cool things with his gun, he's learning it for his kid, and he's a cop and he's he just moved into town, so we're like already kind of sympathizing with him a little bit. So when we watch him just get brutally massacred, I mean it's uh, you know, we know what's gonna happen because we've read the title of the film, but uh it, it really is kind of a shot to the gut. Yeah
1: yeah I think yep. it was on one of the commentaries where they mentioned that uh Peter Weller has the perfect set of lips to be Robocop
3: <laughs> i yep that's I right yeah definitely one of the things being a kid again like I came back and watched it later as an as an i guess an adult or a young adult, but even growing up as a kid, this scene and then in the sequel when they like take him apart. Those, for whatever reason, those moments stuck with me
1: and were pretty jarring to me as a child. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that I could understand it. So Murphy's obviously rushed to the hospital. Um, we start, Still alive, know, by the way. He is, he is. is, he is. He's, he's a fighter. Um, his life is flashing before his eyes, so we, we get to see him some flashbacks. He's you know, listen to the doctors, but then, yeah, the inevitable happens. Not a big surprise. Um, they call his time of death. Um, He's dead and uh, he's getting prepped for the big RoboCop program. Chad,
2: those trauma room doctors. I don't know if those were like real doctors, but that's some, that sounded legit. Like when you, when you watch that scene, go back and watch that scene again and listen to the way they talk and, and then watch an episode of some shitty, you know, hospital show. Like this is how trauma room doctors actually like go about their business. It's like, there's, a, a progression of steps that they go through and there's, there's not some dramatic emotional thing happening. It's people trying to save a body lying on a, on a gurney or a, you know, on a cot. And I mean, they like knocked out of the park. I don't even know if these guys are real, but I, they seem like real doctors to me.
1: Either real or they did their research.
2: Damn good. Sure. Impressive I love sure.
3: the, the transition here as we get to when he does wake up as, but they, as Robocop, but the, it's almost like from his point of view, he would just die and then just all of a sudden, boom, wake up as RoboCop. You know, we'd, whereas nowadays we they would go for like the Dr. Frankenstein shots of like a brain in a jar and all these other things. And like I, I just I don't know, it just seems so abrupt. But like I like that. It's it's more from the view of the of 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 him how that would be
1: experienced. Right.
2: right. They yeah. they
1: definitely build up that reveal.
2: Right. And they, they legally pronounce him as dad and, uh, you know, he, he officially will become the the first and their hope is probably many in the RoboCop program for for Mr. Bob Morton. Yeah.
1: Murphy is definitely the guinea pig there. And like you said, Ryan, we, we he wakes up or, or RoboCop or Murphy. I don't know how you want to talk about him, but he wakes up. We see everything from his point of view for a while as he's getting worked on. He's being programmed. Um, They build up the reveal and that's when uh, we finally see him. Everybody finally sees RoboCop in all his glory uh, when OCP and Bob Morton show up and bring him to the precinct. And it's it's a it's the old. uh, You know, everybody's there. Everybody's rushing to see what the hell this is, because you could just hear the stomping of RoboCop's feet down the hallway. Yeah, it gets everybody's attention instantly.
2: Yeah, it's like a celebrity walked into, you know, your school or something and all the ever like he's just got a posse behind him but there's just more and more people it's like the scene in Rocky when he's running, just more and more people keep following him. And uh we get the awesome scene where he's in the shooting range and he's got the pistol and he's just like just going nuts and blowing shit up and, and people are like what the hell is going on here? And there, there's also that weird um kind of fear, you know, because the the Detroit police department is, is being privatized by OCP and the union wants to strike, but we're still cops. Damn it. We have to be on the streets. So you have kind of have that dilemma between some of the officers, like we got to stand up for ourselves as a union, but also we want to protect the people. Okay. Is this robotic dude coming to take our jobs kind of thing? So there's like a lot, there's a lot of like weird stuff going on here that you might not notice when you just kind of watch a guy shoot a gun um but like you said we kind of see so many things from RoboCop's perspective between him eating food and uh the parties and the people being super excited about him and then like 25 seconds later he's on the street
1: well yeah and we also learn RoboCop's prime directives yeah which there are three that we know of at, at the start which is serve the public trust protect the innocent and uphold the law um and again then he goes to the shooting range as you mentioned Chad and key thing there is he does the tj laser gun twirl and lewis notices badass so that whole little scene at the beginning got some served a, nips bit, on that a lot of <laughs> <laughs> served a lot of purposes and now here's the scene ryan campbell that comes up robocop's out on the street this always reminded me and still to this day reminds me of superman my favorite movie, Superman, where he has his like coming out party. He saves Lois from the helicopter falling off the roof mm-hmm. of the Daily Planet. And then he kind of goes, a thwarts a robbery and gets a cat out of a tree. And the <laughs> Air Force One's about to crap, gets struck by lightning, and he's there to, to get the plane down safely. I mean, it's the same, almost the same exact thing here with RoboCop. The only thing is Superman didn't shoot a guy in the dick. So that's the big difference. <laughs> there was no
2: raping. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and like wreck and probably cause like thousands of dollars worth of damage to the store
1: while taking out the, uh, the perp. <laughs> Can I talk about that store too? I mean, that's safe. What, how is that a smart, pl- like, do they have to put those cans around that safe every day?
2: <laughs> I, I, you know, I think it. Maybe it's a. Uh, it adds to like the hiding. It's like when your kid hides somewhere, and you're like, "That's a terrible hiding spot." But he covers himself in all kinds of random blankets and pillows. <laughs> like, oh, maybe that's what they did. They just like, we'll put the safe in the open. And then just cover it with uh, merchandise that nobody right, we'll ever buys. These,
1: we'll stack these cans up here every day. We have to do this. This so <laughs> doesn't make any sense.
3: They're also old, and sometimes old people do things that are more difficult because it's, uh, they don't, you know, whatever new technology is.
1: It's just easier for them to do things the old way. Well, maybe so, but that's a dumb way. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, he, he thwarts the convenience store robbery. He stops the, the woman from being raped because he shoots the guy in the dick. He even saves the mayor from a hostage situation. So, you know, RoboCop, he makes quite a splash in of who's there to cover it, but our good friends over at media break, of course.
2: Yeah. They got to get the news out and you know, it's, it's important for people to know what the the future of policing looks like because not only is RoboCop out there blowing people's wieners off, but he's also meeting up with schools and talking to kids and doing all kinds of you which know, those lo- kids fill them up kind of weirdly. Lovely, realize. they do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think someone gives them a nipple twister. I don't know. Something's going nice. on there. Those kids are way too handsy with uh, with RoboCop.
2: You got to test out what he's got working for him. You know, you don't know. Maybe he's got Robo nipples. We don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, he might. Uh, and Bob Morton gets the gets the little uh, sound bite. So he's moving up in the world. He's on media break.
2: Yeah, which is great. <laughs> and he says. We're predicting the end of crime in Old Detroit in 40 days.
3: Yeah, he's a little high on himself there. He's, he's riding a little
1: is, high. He's going to be a little higher in a he's
3: little gonna I was going to say,
2: I think we see here in a little bit why he's yeah. riding so high. He's going to be a great politician someday.
1: And uh, we also get a nice uh, commercial for the Newcomb game from Butler Brothers, uh, if anyone's yeah, interested. Uh, Chad wants that for Christmas this year. Yep. As he, as he cracks open, open
2: a cold one. <laughs> let me crack one for him. <laughs>
1: Uh, and then Ryan Campbell, we have a confrontation in the executive washroom between uh, Bob Morton and Dick Jones. That's right. Yes, if you sir. want to
3: know where things really get done in the business world, it's in those sure. executive restrooms.
1: Yeah, a guy pisses on himself because he's scared. <laughs> it, it's a it's a great scene. We hear it uh, I think Iron Butt. Uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> Iron yeah, Butt not...
1: gets thrown out there. It's 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 a great scene.
2: Yeah, uh, Miguel Ferrer. Is that how you say his last name?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: He is awesome as Bob Morton. He he seems like such an asshole. Uh, I mean, Dick Jones is is just awful, but he Dick Jones he's awful, but he's like made his way by being you know by being the way he is. He's made his way in the company, but Bob Morton is like. I, he, I just want to hate him so much when I See, look at his face.
1: I'm almost the opposite of you. It's like, oh. I think in any other movie. No, I'm not saying I like Bob Morton, but I, yeah, yeah, in yeah. this movie. He's the
3: lesser of two evils. I
1: right. Think. In this movie. Yeah. He's he's like, oh, he's not that bad of a guy when you compare him to Boddicker in <laughs> Dick and Jones. He's, and
3: he's at least the man behind the hero of the film. Now, granted, his right. and, his uh, motives aren't exactly pure, but it does seem yeah. like he's he's... You know, I mean,
2: he's Dick Jones twenty five years earlier. Is all yeah. he is. You know, he, he doesn't want to still, rule the. He still. He seems like he and he feels like he can see the
3: space between spaces and kind of knows what's going on. But in reality, you know, he doesn't want to rule the world like some of the guys at the top of the of the food chain. He really just wants to progress in a company, which is really
2: what all of us should be striving for: is just to move up in our companies. You, so. know, you know, what's funny about Dick Jones is that he uh, he's kind of the ultimate businessman. You know, he he made it to his position by uh whatever producing financially fiscally like they're making money right. um and he doesn't really give a shit if it's helping anyone <laughs> as long as he can sell contracts to the military
1: right i mean taking advantage of the government we, we've certainly heard about that over the years where yeah. you know the, the military's paying thousands of dollars for a toilet seat or something ridiculous yep. like doesn't
3: that. he even make a comment that like he was aware of what the flaws were in ed 209 yeah. because he was going to have a contract to sell parts that didn't fix the 209
2: which is brilliant as a business
1: <laughs> right and we get a little bit of that i mean that kind of was addressed in uh, remo williams as well where, where that guy was making weapons that he knew weren't very good but he'd make another weapon that'd be better and they would just Trash the ones and keep buying from them. So
3: it's like when they make like a cure for something, and instead they just dial it back a little bit, so they have to keep selling it to you for the rest of your life. Because the last thing they want is for you to just buy something
2: once and then be cured. You just kind of got to keep getting booster shots, man. That's right.
1: Yeah. So yeah. So so in conclusion, I am Bob... pro
2: vaccine. By the way, I don't want this to come back as
3: that. <laughs> Get vaccinated, <laughs> people.
1: In con- in conclusion, I would say. Bob Morton in any other movie is like number one asshole, but here he's like third string. So, it's a
3: parade of assholes. That's, that's <laughs> pretty good, yeah. Third string's not bad.
1: Right. So, uh, yeah, we we have that that confrontation, and then we go back to the pre- precinct where Robocop is kind of on his downtime, kind of recharging his batteries or whatever he has to do, and he has a dream. And the OCP techs, they're panicking, they're freaking out. They want to shut him down, run some tests, but of course Bob Morton He's like, no, I've got this momentum going. We are not about to shut this thing down or or admit that there's anything wrong. We're just going to keep on going. Um, After that dream, Lewis stops RoboCop in the hallway and asks him his name. He doesn't know. She said, you're Murphy. And this really just is another one of those domino effects now, Chad, because right after he's now found out from Lewis that his name is Murphy, he runs in to a a familiar face at the gas station
2: yeah he gets to the gas station there's a robbery in progress and it's his old buddy emil and uh he kind of breaks out that cool line we talked about earlier the dead or alive you're coming with me and uh emil kind of like flips his lid because obviously he's heard that line before and it was memorable because after he heard it he murdered a man Um, so he flips out and speeds off on his motorcycle while blowing up the 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 gas station and another awesome looking scene. Cause RoboCop's just kind of like slowly walking yeah, away he, from he, this explosion. He
1: gets the slow walk away from yeah. the explosion. That's definitely become a trope in things. Oh my but, God.
2: Dude. It's so good. But he does yeah. get, uh, he does catch a meal and arrest him after beating the shit out. He gets it all messed up. And, uh, but he's like slowly kind of, you know, we had the dream sequence. We had the name being spoken to him. And then with this scene and look, seeing his face, he's kind of starting to put it all together.
3: Yeah, going back to the dreams, I'm pretty sure that if if that was my my child and my wife, I'd probably volunteer for this program. <laughs> for one, they just need to get out of my face. They're like right <laughs> up in my face all the time. I don't ever have memories of my own uh, home life of of my kids just getting directly right up in my face like that and just, <laughs> huh? Come here, come here, yeah, come here, come on, come here, hey, hey. I'd be like, shut up,
1: and you know, so. Maybe you've repressed those memories. Robin. Maybe. Maybe
3: if I was, <laughs> maybe if I went through such a pr- procedure, they would come back in such a shocking way. Maybe if
2: you were shot in the brain. Yeah. <laughs> so Robo
1: uh, goes to the computer room at the uh, police headquarters. And uh, he's just like, I'm going to look up this Emile's known accomplices. And that's where he gets the picture of Clarence Boddicker and that he is the suspect number one suspect in the death of officer Alex Murphy. Uh, this for this causes Robo to then go visit Alex Murphy's old house where we get more flashbacks and including that annoying Halloween picture scene where that kid with the pitchfork, I don't know what he's doing. It's a still <laughs> picture. Why does he keep jabbing that pitchfork? Can someone explain this to me? Kids are no. annoying. No, okay. I cannot. Okay. Thank you.
3: I love my um, kids. My kids. They're not listening to this.
1: <laughs> yeah your kids should not be listening to this but and they definitely should not be watching Wait,
2: they should be they should be at least clicking on it and muting it
1: that's fine yes every day download it subscribe give us a five-star rating um do do all those things tell all your friends about it but don't listen to this right <laughs> chad cruz is a damn dirty mouth all
2: right amen
1: uh Robo then goes to a nightclub. I don't really know how he decided to go to this nightclub, uh, but he finds Leon played by the great Ray wise. Um, they still cannot find Clarence, but Clarence is about to pop up somewhere where he's not wanted. Chad.
2: Yeah, he is. Uh, first Ray wise tried to kick him in the balls, right? Which he is to, t- stupid, which is a great scene uh, because I mean, we know part of him is human. So why not his genitals? Uh, it seems pretty apparent that
3: even if they were still human, they're behind like just pure metal. So I don't yeah. know what the thought process was there.
2: Well, I know Lewis has been thinking about a similar thing with that section of his body, but anywho. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Claire, Clarence Boddicker showing up at the, at a, a place that was unexpected. And, and yes, uh, we, we, we kind of cut to Bob Morton and his, uh, I don't know, Two is models. It, is, is it a mansion? I don't know. It's a nice ass house. Right. Um, and you can assume that it's probably new. And it looks like a house
3: from Silk Stockings. From
2: Silk Stockings. I've only seen that show three or 400 times. but I, I love it. Yeah, that's probably true. But he's partying with a couple models and he's snorting coke off a of girl's tits. And, it's the 80s. Um, it is the 80s. He's he's definitely doing it upright. And then Clarence Boddicker shows up. And once again, we get another great line.
1: Bitches
3: leave.
2: <laughs> which Except, should, it's never worked for me that should be on a t-shirt somewhere is all i'm saying
1: i if it isn't i'd be shocked i would uh,
2: make a t-shirt with that line on there but i don't think it would sell very well
1: no no it could cause us some problems as well uh so yeah and the big thing also is we learned that dick jones and clarence boddicker are in cahoots ryan campbell
3: oh that's God. right you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get your money coming in, going. He, uh, he, both controls the crime in the city and he controls the law enforcement. So you know, it's a, it's the kind of corporate stuff you can expect from these these orval lords. Yep. Talk to you, Jeff Bezos.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: so yeah, so I, dude, if he's listening, oh my god, he's gonna be so mad, right?
1: If you're listening, yeah, never mind. Okay, um, so yeah, as I had in my notes here. They're in cahoots, and Morton goes kaboom. Uh, so, yeah, Clarence Boddicker shoots him in the kneecaps.
2: Oh, yeah. Pain yeah,
3: pain. Bob Morton was not very good in hot potato as a kid, I'm going to assume.
2: <laughs> yeah, he has right. a, the, Clarence leaves a grenade for him, and uh, it's one of those cool futuristic grenades that counts down. A Ryan. digital and, timer. Digital timer on it, and Bob's just like, uh, uh, trying to get to it and just can't can't wrap his hands around it until...
1: That's what she said.
2: Yeah, it's... What do you mean? Nothing. Until it went kaboom? Until it goes splooge. All
1: right, moving on. The next day, Clarence and his crew are meeting with kind of uh, the local mobster, drug trafficker type, trying to cut a deal there, basically saying, hey, you got to run all your business through me. I'm going to be the the main bad guy here in, in Detroit. Um, but RoboCop is there again. I don't necessarily know how he figured this out, but he's a damn good cop. That's how <laughs> um, he he shows up. All hell breaks loose um, and Robo ends up arresting Clarence, but uh, he doesn't just arrest him, Chad. And I've heard that uh, this was a scene that they were a little sense worried about, but the actual cops who saw the movie were basically applauding this moment because obviously this is <laughs> something they, cannot definitely should not do and yes and cannot do in theory and hopefully they're not uh <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh you know obviously you know when you're dealing with somebody like is vile who you a hundred percent 110 percent know is horrible you know i'm sure that's the dream of every cop to do exactly what robocop does to Clarence right and you
2: know policing in 1987 is a bit different than it is in 2021, uh, with with cameras in every corner of the of the room, and you know, coming out of their lapel as well. But yeah, every cop I can imagine, every cop in 1987 watching Robocop beat the utter crap out of this guy, throwing him through windows and just beating the shit out of him. Right, and again, just a, a, known,
1: a known cop killer. I mean, a known so- cop
2: killer who's killed dozens of cops, right. uh, allegedly, and. And all the cops, the real cops are cheering it on. They're probably like, oh my God, we're on to something here. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm assuming that most fans- Where do we order one? It, <laughs> yeah, where do we get one? I'm assuming most fans when they watched it were, were also cheering because it's funny because there, there's plenty of time left in the film and to see Clarence seemingly get taken down this early in the film, you're like, whoa, okay, this is unexpected.
1: And not only is he taking down, he's he's uh, just throwing Dick Jones under the bus. He, oh, right. him he, out.
2: he rolls over quick. He goes
3: from I ain't telling you nothing to
1: it was Dick Jones like pretty quick. Yeah. So with that knowledge now that Dick Jones and Boddicker and Cahoots, RoboCop does what any cop would do. He's going to OCP to arrest Dick Jones. But Tricky Dick has two things up his sleeve for old RoboCop. First Chad we learn about directive number 4.
2: Yeah, we heard about the three prime directives earlier, the serve the public trust, protect the innocent and uphold the law, but directive number 4 classified. Classified, okay? But now we find out what it is. Any attempt to arrest a senior officer of OCP will result in Robocop shutting down. So Robocop starts the whole like I, I don't know, he he doesn't shut down, which is kind of strange. Because he's like fighting it, I guess.
3: Yeah, that's that's but, the strength of Murphy, I think. Like. Yes.
2: So he's all like jacked up and he's just kind of like falling and blipping in and out of his program. And then uh Dick Jones, his his other uh good buddy who we've met already, E D two oh nine, shows up and just starts blasting him with grenades.
1: <laughs> and that was a great small wonder impersonation you did, Chad. Uh just
2: thank a you. Ago. Thank you.
1: So, yeah, Brian, here's the scene you were talking about. We get Robo versus Ed 209. And, you know, this, uh, you know, technically speaking or technology wise, obviously this is a little primitive, but you kind of got to applaud them for the, the practical effects here. I mean, obviously this scene would be super easy to make today, but for 1987, I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, I don't I don't think
3: it, it looks terrible. Uh, there's some parts where, it's not necessarily the, the, the Ed two hundred nine moving with RoboCop, but it's the ones where you can kind of tell it's somewhat like a when he has to bend and it's almost like a claymation kind of way. But when it's just the straight up model and he's and he's doing things, I think it looks it looks terrific. It doesn't have that kind of weird kind of glitchy haze because they're doing sometimes when they combine stop animation at that time they're shooting at a different frames per second and it looks kind of jerky. But it looks pretty seamless. I mean, it definitely doesn't take away from the film. Um, you know, you, you obviously put yourself in a little bit of a mindset and you're watching an older film, but I don't think it's that drastic. I think it looks pretty good.
1: So Robo does uh, manage to survive at 209, thanks in in part to the stairs. That's right. Uh, yes. Yes. But uh, he, he gets to the parking garage, and there's the SWAT team just waiting to take him out. Um, but uh, thankfully...
2: Which that police force
1: rolled over on him pretty quickly. Hey, they're just, they're just doing their job. Following,
2: Yeah. Over. You remember there was the dilemma between, you know, the guys who are, uh, they have a career, they have a job. And then the ones who are like, I guess the everyday cops out on the street, the, the SWAT, it seemed like the SWAT guys were the ones shooting them the shit. Yeah. And
1: yeah.
3: Then, but uh, Murphy's we got a We even got a montage though. Everything's supposed to be different after a montage.
1: That's true.
2: And it did change things briefly. <laughs>
1: But yeah, so yeah, some of the the guys that are in Robo's precinct are like, "Hey, he's a cop, you can't shoot him." But right, uh, but definitely the one who helps him the most, no surprise, old Ann Lewis is there, and uh, she's got the getaway car, and gets Robo the hell out of there before he is destroyed. Um, and now we've get to the next day. The carnage is being cleaned up, and it, kudos to them. I mean, they're right on top of the the cleanup. There at OCP headquarters. Yeah. I guess that's what happens when you have a lot of money. It's privatized. Yes. Uh, but Clarence Boddicker comes to OCP to meet up with Dick Jones, and
3: uh, yeah, he just walks in there. <laughs> He's on every newscast for being a cop killer, and he just struts <laughs> in there in his oversized suit and puts his gum out on the nameplate like an asshole. Yeah, his actual wife
1: uh, was playing the secretary there, Barbara.
2: Oh, uh, the one that he hit on. Yeah. Was yeah, a, it, that, that was another shape. good line.
1: Yep. Kurtwood Smith's wife was playing you, that part.
2: Uh, I've got some free time. You think you can fit me in?
1: <laughs> have you ever used that line, Chad? Uh,
2: I have not, but it, I wish I had remembered it back, you know, back in my day. Right. I I might have you, used sh- you shouldn't it, be yeah.
1: using that now. No.
2: I'm certain it would not have worked.
1: <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Uh, and, you know, Clarence is pretty much like, I'm done with this forget about it you know i almost died because of robocop yeah. but then dick jones reminds him hey we're about to be building this delta city there's going to be all kinds of workers here who are going to be looking for a little uh maybe drugs, recreational and, drugs. and yeah need a little uh, female companionship in the evenings when they're done working uh and that changes clearance mind real quick but Clarence, Ryan Campbell, he's going to need some, uh, you know, he's not just going to be able to take on RoboCop with his fist or with some common gun. He's going to need some help from OCP.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, he he has already stood that that challenge and failed miserably. So he gets some sort of weird sniper rifle that's also a grenade launcher.
1: <laughs> and he gets like an uh ipad
2: Oh, tracker yeah yeah <laughs> or iPod, iPod. An iPod, his, your first ipod or something. it's like iPod. aliens
1: tracker yeah so he gets that and now it's like okay now we can go robocop hunting um but first we get a great scene with clarence and the crew in the streets as the cops are now on strike so there's chaos in detroit yeah. but it's about to get even more chaotic because they're playing with these guns chad yeah, don't cops- imagine is another
3: time that that the actual cops in the theater were cheering because they like to think <laughs> that if they weren't around, this is what would just happen within two minutes that there would be utter and, mayhem in the streets.
2: And that's possible And some it is possible. What's funny is that uh, the cops who are watching are probably like, "See, this is why we need a right, better, right? Yeah, this is why <laughs> we, need we better need. contracts." So yeah, they they uh, they go and strike right after they you know shoot the shit out of RoboCop. By the way. Uh, They couldn't have gone on strike before that uh, and saved him, (laughs) but they, uh, they disappear. So the place is just utterly chaotic. And uh, like you said, when Clarence shows up with these new toys uh, that he got from OCP, um, Emil and, and uh, the, the one dude with the good hair, um, Ray Wise's character, they just like blowing up building after building like, Oh, there's a pawn shop. Boom. And they're blowing shit up and, I mean, they're all standing very close to the explosions. So uh, it it seems pretty uh, Yeah, They
1: they had to have a lot of faith in in the pyro team on that (laughs) that movie.
2: And then Clarence is like, oh, by the way, I I know I have a tracker for RoboCop. So get in the truck. Let's roll. And they all just jump in like, "Okay."
1: So, yeah. And we go right back to basically where it all started for RoboCop, the steel mill. Nice. Um, And uh, so they make their way there. Uh, Murphy and Lewis are kind of there. Uh, Lewis is helping uh, Robo kind of get his his aim back because he got a little discombobulated in in all the action with Ed 209 and then basically being in front of of a firing squad. Um, But they show up and let me tell you what, and when I say they pronouns, I'm talking about Clarence and his crew. Uh, We get one of the greatest death scenes of all time. A meal ends up in the toxic waste. Th- this oh is just, this is just fantastic. Uh, this yeah. is something I will like, I will watch over and over again for the rest of my life and love it every time.
2: <laughs> oh, you know, what's funny is uh, my wife grew up in a, um, with toxic a, waste dump. Ch- no. <laughs> I yeah. wasn't allowed to see where he was going with this. Her, her father's a pastor. Mother's a pastor as a church, 60 feet behind their house. And somehow in some way, RoboCop became a movie that was cleared for them to watch as kids, her and her siblings. Oh. I don't understand how, but it must have been a, a, a television broadcast version. But oh my gosh, when she when she even mentioned that to me, I was like, "Yeah, we're going to do a podcast on RoboCop." Oh, that was one of the movies we were allowed to watch when I was a kid. I was like, like I said, "Blue what? baby." <laughs> say what so yeah this scene alone makes me think that maybe her parents had never seen it um, but we 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 do get Emil driving this uh, big box truck uh, like a big bread truck uh, that he's committing crimes out of and he smashes into a giant vat of toxic waste we know it's toxic waste because it says that on the it side it says it
1: right on there
3: right oh. and it and the, the color is always a giveaway too
2: Yes. But it's great. Cause it like washes him out the back doors of the truck, which I love. And instantly he pops up and he is just uh half sludge, like of a human. He's just human sludge.
1: Yeah. And while this is going on, Lewis is in a car chase with Clarence Boddicker and uh, poor Emil doesn't look both ways before crossing the road. Yeah. And, uh, some great practical effects
3: we should
2: add into yeah. all this. It
1: just when Clarence hits it him and he just liquefies.
2: Uh, I think I saw a ham at one point. Like I, <laughs> somebody threw a ham at Cam the windshield.
1: Ham, <laughs> ham, Just wonderful. Just again, it's I can watch that scene over and over again <laughs> till I die and I would still <laughs> love it every, just as much as I did the first time. So uh, we get that. Uh, then Clarence, once the car chases over, Clarence he nearly takes out poor Ann Lewis. She's yeah. tough though. She's tough as well. Robo shows up in time and then we get the big uh, Robo versus Clarence battle that we really, this is the rematch, but this is also the final match, Chad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Clarence and Robo are going at it once again. And Ray Wise pops his head out and it drops a bunch of uh, scrap metal on top of RoboCop. So it kind of like incapacitates him for a moment and Clarence is just stabbing him with a pole which is pretty awesome. Um but you know, Lewis oh, yeah, is but, still there. Yeah, Ray Wise he, he had that
1: moment of victory and it's instantly taken away cuz <laughs> Lewis gets to that gun and just blows him the sky high. So Yeah. He had that moment shot, of like, "Yeah, I did it, Clarence." And then boom, he's well, dead.
2: Dead. But yeah, and then we finally get the the Clarence Robo the the final showdown where Robo jams that giant spike in his neck yeah and we just get the fountain of blood spewing out of it which is great
1: but there's Sorry. still Sorry, still clearance. some still some unfinished business though we got rid of Clarence, but he was only second tier bad guys the peons yeah. we Placeable. need to go to the head of the snake and that being of course dick jones uh so once again robo goes to ocp headquarters um, he interrupts the meeting again, um, and this time, you know, the old man's like, "These are serious charges. What proof do you have?" Well, old Robo came prepared, Chad.
2: He did the bloody spike that he just jabbed in Clarence's throat. He uh, he jams it into the computer. It's a it's like a USB stick, but not really. kind like R two D two's in there. Yeah, so he uses this his Star Wars connection connector. Uh, to go into the computer screen and he shows the whole image of him talking about Bob Morton, him killing Bob Morton. and
1: Which is
3: information um, that he just gave up voluntarily. When yes. he's like, I already had to kill Bob Morton. Like nobody
2: asked you about that. Yeah, <laughs> And it was clear that it was filmed again. Like it's not the same way he said it the first time, but whatever. No big deal. But well, the old man.
1: That's the classic bad guy. You know, yes. At some point he has to right. reveal his evil right, plan. Right.
2: Rice, I killed Bob Morton because he was being a nuisance or whatever he says. But the old man's like, you know, he does the one thing that he can do uh, because he's old. He's like, you're fired. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because Dick gets desperate. He, he takes the old man hostage. Yeah. But Once he gets fired. Which,
3: by the way, just was is that loaded handgun just sitting in an office at a <laughs> given yeah, time? All the
1: time. Yeah. yeah I could understand it was there for the Ed 209 demonstration. <laughs> but why was it still there? I, I don't know.
2: I always keep one in my office. I mean, okay. it, a, I mean it is
1: a pretty, maybe it was a gift from, in a, in a red velvet
3: lined case. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that
1: would definitely, you know, it could be like a uh, old Ames. Jane chill gave an Paul Kersey, a nice gift like that. Uh, some, some decades before that or a decade or so before that. All right. But anyway, the old man fires Dick and then uh, RoboCop fires Dick out the window. Uh, <laughs> so yeah dick jones exits the building the hard way we also get to find out that uh he may have been developing uh go-go gadget arms uh for ocp <laughs> yeah
3: that,
2: that what for, s- for as
3: good as the toxic kill was that's kind yeah. of like what in the world I, I don't know if that was the last day of shooting or what but uh yeah he <laughs> whatever came out of that building and fell it was not a human
1: right so there you go robocop with the victory and dick jones dies uh final robocop thoughts ryan campbell i
3: think it's just yeah again uh classic film ridiculously relevant today uh still holds up both action-wise and the practical effects uh yeah and it's just a shame i I love paul Verhoeven films i've mentioned a few times starship troopers it's just, I would love to see, he's still making films, but after Hollow Man, he kind of, and it got treated so badly, he kind of retreated back to his uh, native land, and he's been making films ever since. Uh, I'd love to see him kind of come back to the States and try again and make another kind of big budget action film. But but uh, love the film. Um, I want to give a shout out to YouTube channel, this guy named uh, Media Zealot. He does these cool pieces where he does like, governments and villains and institutions that are just too stupid or too, too dumb to fail. And he does a, a, it's like a 20 minute long video on OCP and it's just really entertaining to watch. So if you guys got any time, I'd go check that out after you, after you like, and subscribe to this, this podcast. But uh, yeah, it's a great
1: film. Again, OCP, the sponsor of today's podcast. <laughs> right. Chad, your final thoughts.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, great movies never get old and uh, you can always find something new in them that you like. The, from, from the lines are amazing. Um, I I've actually had this movie come up in conversation multiple times recently, and it, I, I didn't even break it up. Somebody else brought it up. And I remember, uh, someone even humming the, uh, the score to it. Uh, and oh, yeah! not only was I impressed, but I was like, Oh my God, that's pretty spot on. As Basil uh,
1: Polidorus.
2: So yeah, he, so he
1: deserves his props. He was
3: a big absolutely. part of it. Absolutely,
2: And it makes the film and it's memorable. I mean, you could, there, you could probably count on one hand how many movies you can like most, a lot of people who are into that kind of film genre can hum the the score to it. And this is one of those, um, and, and everything in, in this movie's done right. The villains are really bad. The good guys are really good and it's super violent. So it, it's kind of perfect. And, and I, I wish they had uh, never tried to reboot it or remake it, uh, I feel like they failed miserably, but it was bad enough that no one remembers it. So thank you.
1: Right. For, I think one of, the great, doing that. Th- one of the things about the, uh, the reboot is it, I think it definitely made me appreciate like RoboCop two more. And I've always liked RoboCop two, but yeah. I think a lot of people were rough on it, but it's like, <laughs> you're going to love this. Cause it's only going to get worse from here. People. So it's to the it, point
3: that I was getting ready to say something about Colin Farrell. And then I remembered, Oh no, that was total recall. It was yeah. like the <laughs> <RoboCop remake. laughs>
2: also terrible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, how, get,
3: how are we gonna get through this whole podcast and no one's gonna bring up Sting, and we're
1: all wrestling fans. That was RoboCop too, but uh, yeah, RoboCop returns. Uh, part of the build up for the hype of that movie was RoboCop was in Sting's corner at Capital yes. Combat ninety in Washington D.C. And uh, obviously, it was not Peter Weller, and obviously, that Robocop <laughs> couldn't do much, but he did tear a cage door <laughs> he off, he did so uh, easily, yeah. So, he did have some action in there, but yeah, I remember being very excited about that at the time because, yeah, I loved Robocop, I was pumped for the sequel, and and plus, I, you know, that was definitely where I was watching WCW pretty regularly. And you know, before I'm, it was
3: hashtag WCW trash,
1: uh, you got that right. When they were just minding their business, doing their own thing, you can be fine. When you start screwing with, Never... okay, I'm not going to get into that. But
2: hey, and you, and you know what the the reboot kind of did the same thing for RoboCop that it did for me with Predator, and that is uh, all these newer attempts at Predator films have been so bad for me that you know I go back and watch Predator two, and I'm like, oh my god, it's a, a masterpiece compared to. Right these new ones. So yeah.
3: which bonus news. Did you guys hear about the new predator movie? Yeah, please, stop. Skulls, uh, yes. uh, please stop. Skulls. Yes. Please stop. Pocahontas V
2: predator. Pretty yeah. much.
1: Well, I'm, I'm guessing Chad's not going to cover that one.
2: That week. I am not <laughs> looking forward to it. Let's put it that way.
1: All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We're about to wrap things up here and I'm looking forward to our next episode, we've done some pretty big ones here. The past two we did. uh, Obviously we just did Robocop. We did enter the dragon. Mm -hmm. We're going to do one next time. That is certainly not a a huge iconic film, but by God, it is what I would call a hidden gem for sure. Yes. Eye of the tiger.
2: It is indeed. And it's a film that I, I remember we have talked about it so many times in the last seven years. And I have not watched this movie since I was probably like 12 years old. I literally remember nothing about this movie.
1: Well, you're going to love it.
2: I know. I can't wait.
1: Um, Yeah, this is a movie I just discovered like prior to the website starting. So it's part of the reason it was my very first review I ever did for BulletproofAction.com. And that's part of the reason we're going to cover it is just the history as we celebrate again. Seven years of existence for BulletproofAction.com. Um, Also want to just remind everybody to follow us on social media at bulletproof pod on Twitter and at bulletproof action on Instagram and on Facebook. And again, bulletproofaction.com. You want to visit it. We got some big things planned. I know Ryan Campbell is going to be wrapping up his coverage of the bad batch. Uh, So if you're sick of seeing that on the site or you really love it, you're going to be happy.
3: And I think we've got a little bit of a lull after that before we get any more Marvel or star Wars stuff. So Uh, But it's going to be picking up again. we got the What If series starting in August. Um, And then we've got Shane chi coming up. And then we've got Spider-Man coming up at some point. Eternals coming up. So it's going to be busy uh, as the year goes on. But series-wise, where it's week to week, that's going to be kind of slowing down here.
1: So, yeah. And I know I'm going to be, again, we've got something big planned for August 31st. We'll talk more about that next time. I think I'm going to do a little Only the Strong, uh, a little something nice. with that this month. Uh, I know Matt's got a uh, Clint Eastwood and some Chuck Norris lined up for us, so we're you know, we going to have some heavy hitters in the action world. Again, the most action packed month of the year, August, it's Actionversary Month. Gentlemen, I want to thank you for this wonderful conversation about RoboCop, one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm sure many of you listening, one of your favorites as well. So, for chad cruz and ryan campbell i am chris the brain thank you for listening and as always stay tuned for more of the bulletproof podcast you're
2: listening
1: to the geekscape network